You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. I hope you had a great weekend. Tennessee's men's basketball team gets another win this past weekend. The Vols have now won 14 straight games going back to the overtime loss in Brooklyn against Kansas back around Thanksgiving weekend. It's been that long. Tennessee continues to win, now winning as the number one team in the country. The Vols will be number one for a second week when the polls come out later today. Here in segment number one, you'll hear Rick Barnes talking about his team now handling the pressure of being the number one team in the country. Admiral Schofield, how he's performed as he pressed a little bit. Rick Barnes will talk about that. And uh, look ahead as Tennessee gets ready for two road games coming up this week. The Vols are in a very good position with a win by 17 points, 83-66 to over West Virginia on Saturday. That's coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, I'll get to some football. The main focus for Tennessee's coaching staff is on the recruiting trail as we are nine days away from National Signing Day This past weekend for Tennessee, a lot of it was about recruiting for 2020. The main targets for Tennessee were visiting elsewhere. I'll tell you about them, and I think the players that are most important to Jeremy Pruitt to close out this 2019 class. And then the final segment, a mix of football and basketball, as the SEC didn't have the best weekend in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Does it really matter for Tennessee? I'll get to that coming up to close out the show. It's Locked On Vols, your team every day, five days a week, talking about what's going on with Tennessee. Available pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Keep spreading the word and rating and reviewing the show. That's a big help to Locked On Vols. So Rick Barnes, I think, was looking for a little offensive help for the starting lineup and some help to the ball handling uh, to go along with Jordan Bone. So Lamonte Turner started for Tennessee. He played 33 minutes against West Virginia on Saturday and led Tennessee in scoring. 23 points on 8 of 10 shooting. He hit 3 of 5 three-point attempts. It was a really nice game for Lamonte, who also had 5 assists and only 1 turnover. That was exactly, I think, what Tennessee's coaching staff was looking for when Lamonte was inserted into the starting lineup. So Lamonte led Tennessee with 23 points. Grant Williams had 19 points. Only took 8 field goal attempts, but had 12 free throws. Hit 9 of 12, so he actually missed 3 after going... 23 of 23 from the line on Wednesday night against Vanderbilt. I'm sure Grant was going to say to himself, that's not good enough, although 9 of 12 is not bad. Tennessee was 19 of 26 from the free throw line, had 19 assists and 16 turnovers, which I'm sure Rick Barnes isn't thrilled about. But if you look at the other side, West Virginia had 24 turnovers. Tennessee forced turnovers, took advantage of mistakes by West Virginia, West Virginia really just had a difficult time, and again, Tennessee took advantage of it. The Mountaineers got off to a really good start. They hit five of seven three-point attempts to begin the game, but then only three of 14 three-point attempts after that. Back to Tennessee's side, Admiral Schofield again struggled in the first half shooting the basketball for the game. He was five of 16 from the field and one of five from the three-point line, but he hit that three-pointer kind of late in the second half. And I do wonder, could that help him moving forward? Admiral also had 10 rebounds, so he is doing other things to help Tennessee. He had five turnovers, needs to clean that up as well. And uh, as Admiral continues to kind of try to shoot through those issues, Rick Barnes was asked after the game if Admiral's pressing at all. Here's what Rick Barnes said. 
there's no doubt he's pressing, and, and but he settled in. He ended up with a double double. When he if he's just, he's just got to stop. He's got to understand he's a better basketball player than making shots. He is. I mean, if he'll just trust himself, and all players go through periods where they don't make shots, but you just you can't get in your own head, and you just got to play the game. And he puts too much time in it to put pressure on himself to do that because he'll he'll if he'll just get lost in the flow, he'll do that. But uh, the fact is, he got to the board. Grant again. What two, two, three rebounds a day, and and uh, that's where he's got to he's got to get more consistent. I mean, there's no way that he can not have more rebounds than that if he's really locked into it. Rick Barnes brought up rebounding there. Admiral had a good game helping Tennessee on the boards. Grant Williams not as much, and as good as he's been, as great as his scoring has been, Rick Barnes is going to look for other things in the box score. So will Grant, by the way. I, I heard that after the Vanderbilt game. One of the first things Grant asked was, how many rebounds did I have? And I'm sure when he heard that he only had three against West Virginia, that he said to himself, well, that's not enough. So uh, that's Rick Barnes talking about Admiral Schofield, but pointing to the most important players, Admiral and Grant, and saying, you know, it's not just about scoring. And that's right. That is a big part of it. And Tennessee is going to need those guys to score. I think that's pretty obvious. But Lamonte put up 23. Jordan Bowden and Jordan Bone can score for Tennessee as well. They need everybody to play their roles, and the roles for Grant and Admiral are to do a number of things for Tennessee. This is kind of a new role for Tennessee's basketball team and really program. Tennessee has only been number one in the country once before, and as you're well aware, Tennessee lost to Vanderbilt the last time back in 2008. They avoided that happening this week. Tennessee beat Vanderbilt and beat West Virginia on Saturday, so the Vols will be number one again in the polls this week. And Rick Barnes did talk to the team about it, about handling the pressure, if you want to call it that, or just the attention that comes with being the number one in the team in the country. And he talked about that after the game, after Tennessee's win against West Virginia. You know, it's new to them. They've, uh, they've earned it, but they can't forget what got them where they are. And uh, is there more noise around them? Obviously, it is. But they've got to be mature enough to deal with that. And, uh, and again, defensively, we did it today. We did. We, we did it. And we came out, so we were locked in there. But I don't know why we got away from what we were doing offensively. And uh, I just told him the most important thing right now is, is to remember we got here by being a terrific team. It wasn't about individual guys. It was about everybody. And there was times today when guys are shooting the ball quick, you wonder where their mindset is. And, uh, but I get it because they haven't been in this position. But it's about us trying to continue to get better as a team. Individual guys get better. But we can't get away from who we are and what we've done to get to this point. There's a long way to go this season. Rick Barnes knows that. His players, I think, have a really good idea of that as well. Fans know that, too. Uh, Tennessee goes on the road twice this week to South Carolina tomorrow and then Texas A&M on Saturday. That game tomorrow will not be easy for Tennessee. South Carolina is not a great team, but it's won a bunch of games in SEC play. And Frank Martin's teams will be tough. And you know at home... They'd love to beat the number one team in the country. That's something else that Tennessee will have to deal with. But I think the players mentally are prepared to do it. And now they've done it for a week. So there's not as much pressure maybe going on the road to play South Carolina. Tennessee could lose. uh, And Tennessee is going to lose at some point. I think the last week and a half has kind of been a reminder of that, that it's not going to continue forever. But things are going pretty well as well. 
And uh, Tennessee got a 17-point win over West Virginia. Tennessee now has a 14-game winning streak. Coming up in the third segment of the show, something Bob Huggins said about the way his team was playing, those mistakes that they made, Tennessee took advantage of. But I thought it was kind of a humorous moment in what I know was a frustrating time for Bob Huggins. I'll, I'll let you hear that coming up in the third segment. One other thing from the game on Saturday is there were some flagrant ones handed out during the game, one on West Virginia's side and another to Admiral Schofield where he put his elbow up and maybe made contact or maybe he didn't. If he did, it was very light with the player's face. Rick Barnes, by the way, said that there was contact made. But I thought it was really kind of a big bucket of nothing. The calls probably needed to be made by the officials, but Rick Barnes talked about it, so I'll let you hear what Tennessee's head coach had to say. Never mind what I think. Here's what Rick Barnes said about the flagrant one calls during the Tennessee-West Virginia game on Saturday. I think both of them were really inadvertent. Uh, again, the officials, they go to their monitor, and they, you know, when we when they got called for one, um, there was no foul, but when the guy ran by, he hit in the face, which was, again, I don't think it was anything intentional at all. I don't, but it happened. The uh, cylinder rule doesn't apply, does not apply when you have your back to the ball. So that was a good, another, the one when the Admiral, that was a good call by the official. You don't, you know, if you got your back, there's no cylinder rule. You got to be facing guy for the cylinder to come and play, and he had his back to him. And just as he turned up, you know, he hit him in the face, and I, he didn't mean to do it, but he did hit him. So the officials, they did a good job with both of those. So Rick Barnes thought they were the right calls. Rick Barnes said there was contact. I don't think it means anything moving forward. I don't think it's anything to get worked up about. We have a way of doing that sometimes. But in this case, I think everybody moves on, and I doubt it's discussed again moving forward. So I'll move forward here on Locked on Vols. Your team every day. Coming up, the major targets for Jeremy Pruitt to close out the 2019 class and why they are important for Tennessee as Jeremy Pruitt looks for more help for his football team. I'll get to that right here on Locked On Vols, your team every day. And I have a question. Is your child struggling in school or maybe with everyday activities in life? Well, I want to tell you about Learning Rx, which is located in Knoxville on North Shore Drive, Learning Rx can help strengthen the skills your child's brain needs to read, think, and learn. And these are core skills that can help with memory and auditory processing, logic, attention issues, if your child is dealing with that. At Learning Rx, your child will take a one hour assessment to measure any weak skills that are making learning harder than it needs to be. Your child will then work one-on-one -on -one with a personal brain trainer, doing fun, challenging mental exercises that target those weak skills. Then another assessment will measure improvement, although most parents report seeing a real difference in their child long before the program is over. I went by Learning Rx Knoxville last week. I was very impressed with everything that they have in place to help people of all ages. If your child is struggling, there's a reason in the mystery at Learning Rx. If you'd like more help, here's what you do. You can go to learningrx.com/knoxville. That's learningrx.com/knoxville. You can also call and schedule a cognitive assessment. The phone number is 865-246-6326. 865-246-6326. At Learning Rx Knoxville. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This was a busy weekend for Tennessee's coaching staff on the recruiting front. A lot of Tennessee's focus this past weekend was with the 2020 class. Tennessee had a large group of highly touted 2020 players who were on campus checking out Knoxville while a good number of Tennessee's top targets for 2019 were visiting elsewhere. So looking at the players that Tennessee is hoping to land to close out the 2019 class, I think the conversation starts at linebacker with Chris Russell visiting Arkansas this past weekend and Henry Toto visiting Alabama the top two linebackers that I think Tennessee would love to land. I think the Vols would like to sign both of those guys next week. We're visiting other SEC schools. Chris Russell told rivals that it will come down to Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Tennessee, which he is planning to visit this upcoming weekend. Tennessee will also have offensive lineman Darnell Wright on campus this upcoming weekend. And all signs right now point to Wright signing with Tennessee. He visited West Virginia last weekend so eight or nine days ago and I think was impressed and I think that he likes what Neil Brown is doing there the new head coach at West Virginia and West Virginia has made it very clear that keeping right in state is a major priority it just would be a real shock if he were to turn down Tennessee to stay in state and play for West Virginia at this point and Alabama and Georgia were in there at one point they don't appear to be in the picture at this point with Darnell Wright, North Carolina does not appear to be a real threat. So right now with Wright planning to visit Tennessee this upcoming weekend, and to this point, there being no real push from any other school, right now Darnell Wright is expected to sign with Tennessee. So you have Wright in place on the offensive line. If that holds up, then Tennessee has one of the best offensive line classes in the country. And I don't need to tell you why that's important. You saw the offensive line perform this past season, and with questions around Trey Smith's status, with Drew Richmond in the transfer portal expected to leave Tennessee, well, you don't know what you have there at either tackle position, and there's just a great amount of uncertainty along the offensive line. So closing with Wright to go with Wanya Morris, who's already on campus, by the way, so is Chris Ockperogane, and then you have Melvin McBride and Jackson Lampley. You have four linemen who are really well thought of. Certainly Morris as the most highly touted guy. Jackson Lampley's a top 250 player in the country as well. And then if you add Darnell Wright, you feel really good about the offensive line haul. If Tennessee can land both Toho Toho and Chris Russell, then combining those guys with Quavaris Crouch, I think would make Tennessee feel really good about its linebacker haul. Let's see how that holds up. You had Jakeem Green, a defensive lineman who's been committed to South Carolina visiting this past weekend. Remember, defensive back Jamie Robinson visited last weekend. Does Tennessee have room there? If Tennessee were to miss on one of the other players, that could open up a spot for Robinson. Although it's unknown, would he want to go to Tennessee? There's that aspect of it as well. So numbers are a question. Plus, you have defensive lineman Ladarius Cox and defensive back Anthony Harris, who have both remained committed to Tennessee 
but there are questions about their status and if they will really sign with the Vols. I do think adding defensive line help is really important here to close out 2019. Will Tennessee be able to do that? That's another question as well. So right now, Tennessee is gearing up for its final recruiting weekend. We have nine days to go until signing day. And again, a lot of Tennessee's focus is on 2020. I think next year, not that the coaches get completely wrapped up in recruiting rankings, but Tennessee would love to have a big-time class, would love to sign probably a top-three class in the country, which would mean Tennessee's competing with Alabama and Georgia. Tennessee overall has done a good job of that with individual players, but Alabama and Georgia will probably have the top two classes in the country, and those are two schools that Tennessee is competing with every single year on the field. In the SEC, Tennessee is probably more in the top five to seven range, uh, at least projecting how things will close out with the 2019 class, top five to seven in the SEC. So work to be done. If Tennessee can land those three players, though, Russell, To'o To'o, and Wright, that would be a really impressive close for Tennessee in 2019 before they gear up for 2020. This is Locked on Vols, your team every day. Coming up in just a moment, how the SEC performed over the weekend in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Is there any kind of impact on Tennessee? And you'll also want to hear what Bob Huggins had to say about his team's performance against Tennessee on Saturday. That's coming up right here on Locked on Vols. And remember, if you'd like to send me any questions or comments, a couple of ways to do so. You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. And then you can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Josh Ward. Follow the page there and send me questions or comments anytime. I'm going to work in a mailbag section later on in the week right here on the show. Thanks to everybody who has sent in questions or comments. I always appreciate the interaction for Locked on Vols. I'll get to the Big 12 SEC Challenge results from over the weekend. It wasn't the best weekend for the SEC. Before that, Tennessee did its part, beating West Virginia 83-66. to So there was one win for the SEC. And I mentioned earlier in the show, West Virginia had 24 turnovers. The Mountaineers got off to a good start. And then after that start, it was all Tennessee uh, the rest of the way. West Virginia struggled with a shot from the outside. West Virginia had 24 turnovers. The Mountaineers really just couldn't find any consistency. By the way, it was really kind of a choppy game, I thought. I don't know what you thought out there, but I thought that it was really kind of a game where no rhythm was ever established. We had those replays at the monitor. Uh, Teams were in the bonus early in the second half. There was just really no consistent rhythm to the game. For West Virginia, the Mountaineers probably wanted to get out of there at some point in the middle of the game including head coach Bob Huggins. He talked about the issues that his team had as the Mountaineers were able to do some good things at times, but too many bad things for too long of a stretch during the game. Here is uh, Bob Huggins kind of going on a little bit of a rant with how his team played as I think at this point with West Virginia being 9-11, and Bob Huggins appears almost baffled at the way that his team is playing. Listen to what he said. We've played pretty well in, in spurts, but this, they've just been spurts. But... You know, spurts get killed whenever a guy is wide open and you hit him in the foot. How do you do that? I mean, I, listen, I played a long time. I, I, I don't, I've never hit anyone in the foot. I just don't get that, man. I, and, and then we got a guy open, we don't throw him the ball. He's open now. He's open and get his shoulders turned, there's no one in front of him. Those, those have a tendency to kill spurts. And then we, then we start turning it over. We start turning over left and right, which we've, we're very accomplished at. And, and then they get on a run. 
and 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 they're good. I mean, you can't let a team that good get on a run like that. And you know, when you have a chance to stop the bleeding a little bit, not stop it, not because of anything they did, because of just your bad play. Bob Huggins, as you can tell. He was quite frustrated with the way that his team performed. He took nothing away from Tennessee multiple times. He talked about how good he thinks Tennessee is and how much respect he has from Rick Barnes. But I thought it was kind of a humorous moment from Huggins in a time where he was obviously agitated with what he's seen from his basketball team. Here's what we saw from the SEC against the Big 12 this past week. And remember, there are only 10 games in the Big 12 SEC Challenge because the Big 12 has 10 teams. The SEC has 14. So in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, Texas Tech beat Arkansas 67-64. Baylor beat Alabama 73-68. Iowa State beat Ole Miss 87-73. That's a tough one for Ole Miss, which has been off to a really good start in SEC play, but losing by 14 points to Iowa State, pretty tough for Kermit Davis's team there. TCU beat Florida 55-50. I think a frustrating run for Florida continues. Oklahoma State beat South Carolina 74-70. to Remember, South Carolina is Tennessee's opponent coming up tomorrow. And Oklahoma beat Vanderbilt 86-55. to So after Vanderbilt took Tennessee to overtime on Wednesday, the Commodores went to Oklahoma and lost by 31 points. From the SEC side of things, you know about Tennessee's win over West Virginia. Kentucky beat Kansas 71-63. to Kentucky climbed up into the top 10 of the polls to number 8 last week. And I think the Wildcats are really impressing right now. Tennessee still has two games to go against Kentucky. That is going to be a home-and-home battle to pay attention to an SEC play. Kentucky does have one loss in conference action at Alabama a couple of weeks ago. But Kentucky's playing really well right now. That Kansas win is a big one for the Wildcats. Uh, Also, from the SEC, Texas A&M beat Kansas State 65-53. to And Georgia beat Texas 98 to 88. How about Georgia putting up 98 points? So it wasn't the best weekend for the SEC. SEC basketball has not been up to the level I think that it was expecting to this point. Now, I uh, should point out in conference play, Mississippi State beat Auburn 92 to 84, and LSU had a wild comeback at the end of the game in regulation, at least. LSU was down by 14 points with a little more than two minutes to go and came back to tie the game and then won in overtime against Mizzou so LSU remains unbeaten in conference play and Mississippi State's win over Auburn was really important for Mississippi State that puts the Bulldogs at three and three in league play Auburn's two and four in the SEC Bruce Pearl's team is having a tough time right now and that's part of the reason the SEC it's a a strong conference LSU again is unbeaten in conference play Kentucky's a top 10 team Tennessee's number one but in terms of talking about the teams Tennessee will go up against I think you have a bunch of tough outs, like South Carolina is going to be a tough out. Later in the year, going to Ole Miss is going to be really difficult. That LSU game on the road looks like it could be a really big game. And despite Auburn's record right now, going to Auburn to close out the season, I would expect, will be a really tough one. But I don't know that the league is as strong, at least at the top, as was expected. We'll see how these next few weeks play out. But right now, Tennessee is the cream of the crop, I think, in conference play. Kentucky is inching toward that conversation, and let's see what LSU can do. Yeah, if, if LSU doesn't have that comeback, then we're talking about the Tigers falling out of the top 25 today. They should stay in now with the win over Missouri on Saturday. But long way to go in SEC play. 
Tennessee will get back to conference action tomorrow. I will have a preview of the South Carolina game as Tennessee 6-0 in the SEC, and Tennessee is going for a 15th straight win. Here's a little context for you. The last time Tennessee had a 14-game winning streak, you have to go back to 1923, and the Vols had a 15-game winning streak back in 1917. Quick math tells me that's more than 100 years ago. It's been a while for the Vols. Things continue to be good. More Tennessee basketball and football talk coming up on tomorrow's show. If you have time to rate and review the show, please do so. Five-star reviews on iTunes are always helpful. Thanks to everybody who has done that so far. That's a big help. And keep spreading word about the daily Tennessee podcast, Locked on Vols. Thanks for hanging out today. My name's Josh Ward, and I'll see you here tomorrow. Tomorrow.